And he's whiny and needy, so. Did I mention, by the way, that I started recording? Stuffy, you should see our cornucopia of um, amazingness. It's a buffet. It is is a buffet. (laughs) Welcome to the I Told You So podcast of the TCAPS Loop podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and joining me from the TCAPS Loop Digital Bunker, it's Danielle Brostrom and Steffi Light. So before cutting into this week's meat of the show, we must always start with this week's moment of zen. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Okay, so with that, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty topical for where we're going. So... um. We're doing another uh, digital parenting podcast because it's more relevant than I think it has ever been. I think as soon as the podcast started, we recognized that this was a thing that was coming and we tried to uh, educate our parents and our students and our teachers on how to manage. And this is how I feel as a parent. Like it's just that it's always shifting, right? There's a new challenge around digital parenting and the the world we're in now, 2020, is uh, some really interesting and challenging issues that have come up. Um, but the feedback, I think everybody, it's on the on the forefront of everybody's mind right now, how to manage and how to, how, that healthy balance piece, piece, and not just for students, like all of us. I mean, we're on a call now, right? Like managing our own screen time. And like you said at the beginning, just making sure that we are getting away from it as well. And that was a big part of our our presentation and that we're going to talk about today. Um, we, we've we done this and we've talked about this a lot for a lot of years. And then all of a sudden 2020 hit and our kids were home with us all the time. And we had this big increase of technology in our world and um, misinformation and there's there's just a lot going on in 2020 so we all kind of were like whoa everything has kind of changed we went back to the beginning and kind of revamped everything so but I, I've noticed it's changed considerably and I, I, I looking back on what it was previously and um, what it is now some things have informed those changes and I'm guessing a lot of those changes were because of what you know what happened in March what are some of the things that we we discovered? So I think we still advocate for a lot of the same stuff, but instead of doing all these very, very specific things, we kind of broke it down into six main areas. So Stephanie, do you want to start with being present? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. We We tried to look at I guess more of an overview of the 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 main goals because right technology became so ever present especially during the shutdown and such an important connection piece just like meetings for adults connecting with friends working with peers and so I feel like we had to think through still how to balance but how tech had a much more it just much more of a connection piece that it was filling in a, a need that we couldn't have face to face, right? So the being present was the first topic that we looked at and looking at things like 
making sure that there are points in the day that are natural times where you don't have a device and making those part of your family's routine. So, you know, the, the tech wants you to be using it all the time. There's lots built into it to make it very attractive. And it's easy to go down a, a rabbit hole of spending time with it. And so having a time like during dinner where your family is not using a device at all and being able to have really frequent conversations around um, the issues that come up with tech, especially in a family, but anywhere else too. And we've talked about this before, but Screenagers has an excellent resource for Tech Talk Tuesday where they provide lots of um, topic ideas and language to jumpstart discussions. And I think the really big focus of one of the tips is just if you're in control of when your device is giving you information, so turning off notifications that you don't need immediately or that you don't want to have interrupt you, and looking at using your phone in airplane mode when it turns the phone into just a camera. I think that notifications piece is big, turning off anything that's not from a person, because I know when I get that notification that tells me somebody's left me a message or I'm tagged in a photo, I go in and then it's, you know, 20 minutes later because I've totally been down a rabbit hole and on three different sites since then. So turning off any notifications unless they're from people. Um, one of the videos that we share, the guy compares it to having cookies in your pocket. Yeah, You don't want to do that. <laughs> so turn off those notifications because they're trying to suck you in just like the cookies would. We should mention that too. Something that informed a lot of our presentation the revamp was the documentary, The Social Dilemma that's available on Netflix. Really eye-opening even for people who are kind of thinking about this stuff a lot. But just the, ex I think the, the for me, the take home was really the extent to which especially social media is designed to keep you coming back and to hear it from the people who were in that world designing those tools and that tech um, and hear how they manage it and just the overall, the kind of the call to action for it. This is something that's changing our behavior and how we interact as people. And are we going, are we okay with that? Do we need to have that collective will to have that pushback against how that's being designed and how our data is being used and the, you know, the monetization of our, our attention, basically. I'd recommend the documentary. It does a much better job of explaining that than I just did. <laughs> I have not watched The Social Dilemma very mindfully because I kind of know what's in it. And uh, Shelly and I have kind of a rule. Don't bring things that make you feel worse about the world into the house. <laughs> it's, it's I like that. Especially if you're aware, you know, you're, you're, you're clear eyed about, about what it is. And, you know, we've obviously had these discussions enough and I appreciate what you said, Steffi, that there is stuff in there that's sheds more light on it, but we're still like, yeah, there's enough, there's enough going on that we don't, we, we this is, this is our happy place. Yeah. But I, 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 I think that's, approach. that's a healthy balance, Larry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, that's a good approach. I was, I noticed this quote that you guys had in here that I'm guessing is that might be from that, or it might be from a TED talk, but it's from Justin Rosenstein, um, a former engineer uh, from Facebook and Google, who said, we are the product. Our attention is the product being sold to advertisers. Understanding that your relationship with technology can either be push or be pull. It's much he healthier to have a pull 
relationship to it where you are asking technology to give you information as opposed to, even though it might seem more easier or more efficient, is to have it push information to you. But if you're having it pushed, then it's you're 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 acquiescing control mm-hmm. over your, your mental space. And I think that is a dangerous, you know, it can be a dangerous place to be because it, it, as they said, it is a commodity. Your 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 you are your attention is the commodity, not the other way around, not the information that is being sent to you. And in one of the clips that we share, um, the focus is really like h- how are you spending your time? And is it time, is that what you want to be doing with your time, being sucked in and being really controlled by the the tech that's designed to take your time? And just like Danielle said, like how easy is it to fall into a rabbit hole when you're, you know, you go to do one thing and you're like, how did I end up on the site buying shoes? I wasn't, I was going to check my email. What happened? But I, I really think that's poignant. Like you have to wrestle back that time that it's trying to take from you. I think a couple of good resources that we should also recommend in addition to the social dilemma, um, there are a couple of really great Ted talks given by Tristan Harris, who he's, um, he's in that social dilemma movie as well, giving some commentary, but I think those Ted talks are phenomenal. And then there's another one, um, why our screens make us less happy by Adam Alter. And he's the man who wrote um, irresistible, another really good Ted talk talking about how we spend our time and how, that technology is designed to keep us maybe not where we want to be, which actually leads us into our second big tip. We talked about being balanced um, and you might not really recognize how much time you're spending. So what's really helpful is that your phone does have screen time reports built in. So you can see how much time you're spending on what categories of information. And then there are some tools that can help you manage that screen time. And we shared like the family media agreement And I think one of the new things that we're kind of sharing with families now is instead of sitting down and having the agreement already written out, maybe letting your child help have some input into that. I thought it was very interesting when I sat down with my own kid and she's starting to get into the technology more because her friends are, and that's just where we're at right now in 2020. Um, I said, how much time do you think you should be spending on technology? And I was prepared for, you know, a large answer. And she's like, I don't know, maybe... 20, 30 minutes a day. Whoa. Okay. Sold. Let's write that down. And then, you know, maybe, maybe there's something that you could do first before you did the technology. She was like, um, maybe I could clean my room. Sold. Yes. So having her feel like she had some choice of voice in that matter has been really helping that family media agreement go a little better. Um, and then another big thing that I just personally did, and it was very eye-opening, was a data detox. Um, There's a youth version and an adult version, and it just takes you right through. And it comes from Mozilla, actually, which I think is is interesting that they're getting into this. But there are steps that you can take to control your privacy, your security, and well-being in ways that feel right to you. So there's the seven tips to detox your data before voting. There's um, all kinds of things with with health and you can make sure that you're getting accurate information and being present in the moment and making yourself heard and protecting your virtual valuables. There's, there's a lot of really good stuff in here. So going through and doing an actual data 
detox and finding out what information you're giving to these companies. It's, it's really interesting. You know, I, I saw that data detox kit and I was immediately like, Ooh, okay. So let, let me ask you guys this, you know, you have seen the kit and what kind of what's in there. What are some of the things that you've personally and your family have used from that kit that you found really useful? Mine, um, cleaning up location data. Um, and then a lot of things, just, just tidying things up across the board. Um, I notice when an update comes down, a lot of times my privacy settings don't stick or, you know, again, Facebook doesn't update my privacy settings didn't stick. So I have to go through and check them again. So it's just good practice to go in every once in a while and tidy things up. And I would say having time where everybody's away from a device at the same time with our family so, so like as a family unit, balancing when we're using it as a group, right? Like taking a, a real break, like, you know, Saturday, no device time, something like that. But approaching it as like what we're doing as a whole group. Yeah, that physical activity, exposure to nature, that's all part of being balanced. We know that's got to be included. We were so good at the beginning of quarantine. Remember at the beginning when everyone was like, oh, this is such a beautiful paused moment in time. I'm going to go out and sing Kumbaya in the forest and we're going to write stories while we're looking at nature. And then a week later, everyone was like, I am going crazy. Hand me my <laughs> phone so I can be lost in something other than what's going on right now. The funny thing about that is by going into our devices, we actually go more into the the, the craziness. So it's, it is kind of a, I'm on a diet that stresses me out. I'm stressed out. So I'm going to start stress eating. Thus leave the diet. Totally. It makes sense. It's the same um, brain responses that they're manufacturing with, um, you know, kind of the, that, that attention economy. It's the same, those same responses that happen when we're dieting as well. There's nothing new here in, in some ways, as far as how our brain works. It's just, um, the ability to manufacture an environment to take advantage of how our brain works has has um, matured to a point right. where it's hard to, to to kind of deny it, I guess, or or, right. or stay away from it. Um, and you're commenting on going through your phone and managing your your settings, Danielle. And I'm like, there's really nothing less sexy than going through your phone and ch and messing with the settings. And especially, as you said, you know, as, as apps update, the settings change. As your phone updates, the settings change. And you do have to stay kind of, you know, on it a little bit. But it is, I think that's so important to do because you will fall right back. You, you, you have, have that great intent. You're very mindful. And you have that great intent. You go and you change all the settings. And then next update comes on. All those settings are gone. And you're like, and I'm back into it. Another thing that uh, I was having a, a discussion with a friend kind of about this uh, uh, last week, but he was commenting on how, and I'm, I'm feeling myself doing it now, where, what is your posture when you're on technology? So it's, I think it's helpful to every now and then kind of just, just recognize how you're sitting because that's really telling on what your relationship is to the device. And I think specifically when we're having these, these Google meets or Zoom meetings and you feel like you need to get all the way into it and you find yourself here and your your neck's getting cringed and you're completely outside of the rest of the world and you're in this little bubble, maybe sit back a little bit and, you know, look around. Change Don't you your think it's also like 
not only how you're sitting, but also how you're responding to people that are trying, people in real life that are trying to talk to you while you're on your device. Like there's a great, um, Imagine Neighborhood is a family favorite podcast. Um, it's by Second Step. So it's all social emotional lessons that are done in this really fun and interesting way. My entire family likes it, little to big kid. Um, but there's an episode called The Phone Gremlin. And the dad turns into a gremlin every time he picks up his phone. So the kid's trying to ask him stuff and he's like, uh, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they're trying to get him out of that phone gremlin. It's but but I, sometimes I notice myself doing it. I'm you know doing the scrolling through social media. I'm totally guilty. And then somebody asks me something, and then I notice myself responding like, "Yeah, uh-huh, sure, cool. That's whoa. What am I doing? This is a real person trying to interact with me. Put the junk down, you know." So I'm not the only one, right? Come on. <laughs> you are not the okay. only one. <laughs> Don't make me feel crazy here, guys. You know, it was prime day the last two days. And I gave myself, I, you know, as far as, uh, this is my strategy for, for, for prime day. You know, it's kind of like an early Christmas shopping thing, to be honest, for me. But I for have yourself? a... Well, it's turned out, <laughs> which win. Um, I, w- I went in with a list of things that I was looking for, very specific. And, I, you know every whatever two or three hours i would check um but as i'm doing this suddenly well it was like every two or three hours and it was every two hours and it was every one hour (laughs) and i'm like oh here we go here we go you're in they got got you got me guilty as charged so as you were saying that i'm like oh so bad this guy right here (laughs) and that's and that's with to be honest i've turned i you know i have my location settings are are off my notifications are always all off. However, that does not mean that you're out of the woods. It's a great place to start, but you still have to then take it to that next level. And I was even intentional about, yeah, I was intentional about how I was interacting with this specific moment, but it still got me. Isn't it like exercise? You just have to keep doing it Mm -hmm. like to maintain, you have to keep working on it and Sometimes you take a long time off and eat a bunch of carbs and sometimes you don't. <laughs> and, and, to, and to be honest, sometimes it's okay. It's okay. You know, it's just like medita- you know, meditation or mindfulness. If you're, you're not going to be clear-minded all the time, you have to be able to say, that's okay. Start over, start again, start again, and not feel the guilt because that's just going to lead to, or, or the stress lead to that continued escapism. The next big tip is to be safe. And we touched on this a little bit, turning off location data, but thinking about, okay, do you want people to know where you are and, you know, know your routine in that kind of way? Parental controls. So there are lots of things built into tech that parents can do to help, you know, set limits and make controls. I think the main point that Danielle made with having your kids involved in your decision-making about use of technology. I also think that that's important with parental controls. Have a discussion about some of what you're putting in place and why, because kids can get around lots and lots of controls that are out there. But also, I think it's important for them to see that you're, you know, here's what's important to you. Here's what you're trying to keep them you know, um, until they're ready from stumbling into. But also if everything is like a secret and you've hidden everything and it's, you know, you're just trying to control with um, the 
you know, not letting them be able to do anything, you know, tighten everything so much that when they're on an unregulated network of some sort at a friend's house, it's just kind of a formula. Like if it's like a kid who's never allowed to have any sugar and you throw them into a candy store. I think there's an important piece where a kiddo is doing some of that regulation age appropriate with appropriate controls, but it shouldn't be um, a totally higher up. I'm putting all these in place. You have to just deal with it. I think it's, again, an important place to have a conversation. Being aware of what's happening with any online gaming. There's chat features. Are you okay with that? What is that going to look like for your family? And then social media. What is thinking about that ahead of time? What social media are you okay with for your kids? Is there any? What age? And talking with your kids about what you're okay with in terms of what they can share, what their privacy settings are like, um, all those same pieces, but from their perspective. And I think that leads really well into our next tip, which is be thoughtful, try to think about these things instead of just letting them happen. Um, We shared sites like Common Sense Media, which we've talked about a million times before. They have a related site now called Wide Open School, where they put some great resources for families that are trying to do some of this at-home learning. Um, I think it's phenomenal. We continue to promote Kristen Matson's Pinterest site. She collects a ton of great resources for families and teachers who are trying to do some of this working with digital kids. Uh, and then we another big thing that that I've started doing is asking for my kids' permission before I post their picture on social media. I think now this is becoming more important because my oldest is 10 and soon she's going to have her own social media and her own digital life. And I want her to be able to create that digital life herself. I don't want her to log on and say, uh, there's, you know, 14 years of, of photos and things that I did as a kid. And why would you share that with people? And I don't want that to be a part of my digital identity. I don't think that's fair to kids. So I've started even with my little one asking for permission. Can I share this? If not, can I share it just on a text with grandma and grandpa? Like, how can I, I I just think it's important to respect their identity. And then I thought it was awesome. I had another friend, um, our children are new friends. And the parent said to me, oh, I took a picture of the kids together because she asked me to. I had my phone with me. And then she said, please don't share that on social media. We don't do that with our kids. And I thought, yes. Thank you for instantly having that conversation with me. More people should do that. So I think it's important to to talk about that when you're with friends. I hate when I'm scrolling through my my Facebook and I see my child's picture that I didn't take or I didn't allow on there and they wouldn't want on there. It's just, it's just not fair to kids. So um, we also share some advice about co-parenting around tech. That always gets weird and funky if you're dealing between two houses and they don't always agree. And then just remember to model what you're asking of your kids. If you're setting these big device limits for your children, maybe think about having them for yourself too. Maybe putting some time limits on how much you spend on technology. Uh, the next tip is be critical. And this one really, there's so many examples of the need for looking at all forms of media, deciding Is this a source that you can trust? Who's presenting the information? Where would their bias be? There, we share a couple different um, tools, but there's a great quiz where you try to figure out if the 
if what's being shared is from a bot or from an actual person. And it is very difficult, really, because the technology has become so sophisticated. But helping to really take a critical eye at what we're seeing and who it's coming from and can can we trust it? Can I talk um, about that a little bit? Yes. Oh my gosh. Please go to spotthetroll.org and take that quiz. I know I took it myself being in this world. And then I actually had my husband take it as well. And our answers were very different. So I thought it was it was really cool. They're either actual Instagram, Twitter, Facebook profiles from actual people who really exist and really feel this way, or they're from actual bots that were taken down from the site because they were found out to be not real people. So I think it's very interesting to go through with with, with the critical eye, the kind of stuff. I mean, it's the stuff that you see all the time. And to try to make that judgment, is this a real person or not? And then after you answer each question, they take you through and show you here's a sign that you missed. Here's a sign that you missed. Here's another thing that you can look at. Spotthetroll.org. I think if you are on social media, it should be like the number one thing that you check out and do. Here, here's a, another fun little little game to play. And I, I did this for about two months. I would go to four different sources that I knew were not aligned. And maybe, and certainly weren't necessarily aligned with with my personal belief systems, but I knew were maybe on one side and another one that was on the other side, and then one some that were more in the middle. I just looked, scanned the headlines because I don't want the algorithms to to know where I'm I'm going. It was fun. It was really interesting, and actually, it ended up becoming kind of humorous, but also very telling and informative. I would just go down the list of the uh, headlines, then I go to the other site, go down the list of the headlines, and then I'd go to the you know, two more just to kind of see where everything met. And you can really get a good feel, not only for the complete misinformation, you know, the, the, the stuff that's completely out there, but how information can be framed, the same things, the big headlines, and how just by a specific perspective, how a specific perspective can really change how you look at those things. And, I, you know, it's, 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 it almost became, like I said, a fun, somewhat humorous you know, darkly humorous, uh, a little game to play. Well, so Larry, you were making your own version of allsides.com. So allsides does that, provides all, you know, a headline and it will show you from a, a news source that is typically on the far left, something in the middle, something on the far right, and compares how that same event or fact is being shared. Another tip we've talked, or not tip, but another area we touched on is the surveillance economy, which we've talked about a little bit here today, but just how um, all of our information and our data and, and what we're doing online is something that companies make money from and how we fit into that and, and how we can um, step away from some of that. Like you're saying, Larry, don't click on the headline or use something like DuckDuckGo when you're doing a search so that that's not being tracked as you're on there. Um, the In Real Life podcast, IRL podcast, is an excellent source if you want to have a little deeper dive into how the surveillance economy is is happening and some of the points behind that. Um, and we shared some more resources for fake news and fake images um, and then deep fakes with videos, which is, you know, a whole nother world of 
level of um, sophistication to what people can do to make something look like it's actually had been said by someone. And it's getting harder and harder to tell the difference. But being aware that that's out there is really important. And then um, sharing some tips on as we're making those decisions about media or about information, um, the SIFT method and STOP, is it really something that you think is plausible? Think about it, investigate the source. Um, like we've talked about, look at, there's lots of different ways to consider who's it coming from, who's the author, who's funding the information, and just trying to get a sense of like, kind of the the why behind it, like Larry was saying. Um, look at that, same information from another source or be able to verify the information with another source. And then in that same way, tracing any claims or quotes or any media or pictures that are shared, is that the original content? Has that been doctored in some way? The more critical everybody from adults and down to the smallest kids can be of the information we're getting is is crucial, especially right now. I feel like we could do an entire podcast on fake images, fake news, and deep fakes. There's a lot there. I think we could have an entire curriculum that would take all day of school because I think it's truly such an issue in so many areas. And so essential. And I don't mean like one day of school. I mean, like the whole school, <laughs> that'd be your whole focus. <laughs> coming soon on the TCAP Sloop podcast. You know, <laughs> I guarantee that one's coming. But one of the things I wanted to bring up was, you know, when we first started talking about this, there we were so happy that there was a resource like Screenagers that was tackling this. I'm looking at what you guys have now, and there's so many resources for parents uh, and students to go to. Do you just kind of want to go through a few more of those resources? Because there are there are a ton. For sure. There are some great podcasts that are available. I talked a little bit about Imagine Neighborhood that covers a ton of different areas. Um, and it's a great podcast to listen with your entire family. Um, Common Sense has a great podcast series called Parent Trapped that they put out during the shutdown. That is phenomenal. Um, the Screenagers has their own podcast. We talked about IRL with Manoush Zamarodi. She is amazing. Um, and then Should This Exist, I really like because they talk about new technologies that are coming out and they have the discussion as to whether this is actually going to benefit society or just make things worse. And they go through all the areas around that. And I think it's super interesting. Stephanie, you want to talk about the books? Sure. Um, a couple we've already mentioned, but Irresistible um, by the TED Talk author or speaker that uh, Danielle was saying, Adam Atler. Um, social Media Wellness is an excellent look at all of the similar issues. Um, Screenagers has a book that just came out having calm conversations around these issues on Selfie. Um, the author's coming next Tuesday. And then lots and lots of other books listed in the, in the link on our slide. The, the biggest thing we want to continue to remind people is that when you look at the time that is spent on work and then the time that is spent on survival things like brushing your teeth and making dinner, you, you add that all together along with the time to sleep because, oh my gosh, you get some sleep, put the phones away. The amount of time left for your personal the amount of time left where the magic happens, it is shrinking. So being more mindful about what you're doing with that time and let it not be this tech stuff. Let it be stuff that actually matters with people who actually matter. Absolutely. The tech tool of the week. 
Yeah. Look at the resources that we're sharing in our (laughs) slide deck that Larry is going to link out because there is nothing we could bring that is better than what is on this when you're talking about parenting digital kids. Watch even just the credits of Social Dilemma. The last, if you started at five, the 511 mark, you will catch the credits. And they gave some excellent tips about what they do as people who have been in this world and I mean, that's a good five minute spend of time. I, I might actually have to watch to watch it now, though. If I'm curled up in a fetal position in the corner of the room, it's your guys' fault. I'm just I'm no, gonna, you should watch it. It's, it's not Black Mirror. You should watch it. No, it, it 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 has it reminds you that we can like we can change the trajectory. Actually, that was very hopeful. I like that. I like that. Um, so. Uh, to finish her off, uh, tutorials and updates. Again, we keep by uh, keep plugging the TCAPS Tech help site. Um, there's just so much information as an educator on there, questions answered, and that's so relevant right now. So uh, check that out, tcaps247.com. Tons of information on there where you can find us uh, live at the Opera House. It's story time, a really fun uh, series, uh, some great uh, books being read and some wonderful STEM activities. I want to give another plug to uh, Light the Path to a Happy Kid. There's, I think we have one more week. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I will share a a link in the show notes on where you can find all the presentations. But ours, Larry, tinyurl.com slash tcapsdiglet 2020. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. One final question, and I'm going to steal this from your guys' presentation. I had one, but yours is better. Uh, (laughs) What is one thing you can do tomorrow to change the role technology plays in your family? Feel free to share your answers on Twitter at TCAPS Loop. We'd love to have a discussion around that. So in closing, follow us on Facebook at Twitter at TCAPS Loop. At Brostrom DA. At Steffi Light. That went smoothly. I like that. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes. That completely distracted me, Danielle. That was great. (laughs) Um, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Like the podcast, by the way. Leave a review um, on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out there. The more people that like us, the more reviews we get, the more people will listen to us. So please uh, share share your love. And uh, thanks for listening and inspiring yes they're amazing where did you find such an amazing item